Um, man, I'm so glad to be with you guys um, in the flesh. We've uh, done a lot of videos going around in the last 20 months or so. Um, we've tried to send through some, and, uh, and then um, you guys have been really kind. A lot of you, maybe you don't even know this, a lot of your, your church uh, leadership couples have sent through videos, um, especially the last several uh, m- months. We've been playing those every Sunday um, at our different four locations um, and just play a little video from, from your leadership couple and just, you know, how's things going in your church, a few things we can pray for, and then we do like a 60 seconds of prayer thing where we all pray, and it's just been so great to feel connected, sort of. Um, and uh, David did a video uh, a couple weeks back. What's your little girl's name? Eliza. Eliza. So I don't know if you met her. She's a cutie. So she's up on his shoulders, but she's like out of the frame. Um, so I can see is her legs, you know? <laughs> And so, like, you know, he's doing this whole, like, you know, David, he's on the serious side. You know, he's just getting there, getting, getting, the content's great. It's really just perfect and clear. And so we're, we're there watching, you know, we're listening so we can pray. And then every now and again, you see her cute little hand go, like, down in the frame. She just sticks it down in there, and then she'll be like. <laughs> so, like, we're trying to, like, hear him, but, like, everyone is losing it. And then she's like this, she's like. She, like, pokes her little head down in there. Man, it's just great, man. Because, I mean, we, you know, we, we're a family, you know. And it's good to be with you, family, brothers and sisters. Been a, man, been a minute, as we say. Um, so, um, yeah, I want to jump right into it. Um, I've been spending a lot of time in Philippians chapter 1, last little bit. Um, you know, just revisiting this text where the name Advance came from. And uh, it's been been good for me, and I, I hope it'll be good for you. Um, God is challenging us, you know, in ways we never expected. Let's be honest, in ways we never wanted, right? Um, and, um, man, I, I think that the end goal will be a kind of resilience that we didn't have. Um, that word resiliency, it's the ability to withstand difficulties and to come back. Um, and so I think God is building in us a kind of resiliency that we that, that we didn't have. Hey, just shout out real quick to all the like moms with like little babies in the room. I feel like there's, there's like a, a baby at every table, which is nice how y'all organize that. But man, well done to you moms for not, you know, for not just saying, ah, oh, I got a baby. I'm staying at home. Just well done. We'll take a little, we'll take a little uh, crying here and there. It's fine. So, all right, cool. Um, so we're going to, we're, instead of kind of starting at verse one, which is like, maybe, I don't know, maybe the right thing to do. I'm not, I'm not going to ask. There's a lot of y'all are smarter than me, but I'll start in the middle because I think in the middle, you know, kind of that like 12 to 18, we sort of see um, some stuff that helps us understand the rest of it, at least for our, our goal tonight. So we're going to jump right in. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Uh, Paul says, from prison, <laughs> he writes from prison, uh, he says to them, I want you to know, brothers, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. You know, they must have been just like, what? No, 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 really. What's happened to me has, has really served to advance the gospel. And, and he goes, let me just explain some of this. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all that, that my imprisonment is for Christ. And added to that, most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, 
not sincerely, but, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What a crazy thing to get your head around. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. The gospel advances, and in that I rejoice. So let's just camp there for a second. I think the first thing that like, has hit me with this, and I, I, think, I hope that we can learn as a family, brothers and sisters on mission together, is that advancing the gospel is harder than we think it's going to be. Now, here's where I got the big aha on this. I was reading a commentary um, on this passage, and it, they did a little deep dive on that word to advance, a little phrase to advance. I'd never seen this. And, and, and it's, it originally, that little phrase originally meant this, quote, making headway in spite of blows. Progress amid difficulties. Making headway in spite of blows, progress amid difficulties. You know the first thought I had? We picked the wrong name. <laughs> We're a prophetic movement. movement. We, we should have seen this coming, right? Right? We got what was coming to us. We picked a name that means it's going to be hard. That's what it literally means. There's going to be blows. There's going to be difficulties. That we, we need a different name, right? Let's get a, let's get a big sticky you know, paper up here and let's brainstorm it. Let's come up with something. Let's check it in the Greek, all right, and then let's go with it, you know? Um, and it has been hard. It has been hard. The struggle is real, as the kids say. I don't think they say that anymore, but that's... I'm going to use a little bit behind, right? Um, yeah, according to this, it's going to be hard. Hence, Paul writing from prison. I don't know. Context could have helped out a little bit too, you know? Don't need a con- commentary for that. It's not the only place it's, it's communicated like this. And, um, you know, all over Acts 20, you know, in every city, imprisonment and afflictions await me. That's kind of, it's kind of hard and bad, right? Second Corinthians 1, right? We don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. We were so utterly burdened. Beyond our strength, we, we, we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we actually felt we had received the sentence of death. Advancing the gospel is just going to be harder than we originally thought. Paul is saying, the gospel is advancing. I rejoice. It is advancing. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, it is advancing. I just, I just want you to know it's, it's been a beatdown. It'll feel like a beatdown for all. It'll actually be a beatdown for some. Now, in the early days of our church plant, that's uh, 12 and a half years ago, um, I was really naive. Really, really, really naive. Like, if I do this right and do that right, then we won't have any problems. It'll be great. Man, that's not been the case. Um, I, 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 was like a, I think I was like a newly married couple. You ever try to give a couple premarital-like counseling? They're like, they look at you like, dude, this is a waste of our time and yours, okay? I know, that you, I know what you're dealing with. We've seen the stats. We just not that couple. Me and Schnooky, we ain't never going to fight, right? We're always going to be just fine. So that, that's, that's probably how I was in those early days of the church plant. Like, we got this. We're going to be fine, right? Um. In the early days of our movement, I was naive. That early, you know, that, that premarital counseling with that couple, like, not us. I had some of that. 
Not us. We're not going to have that. Not us. And then, like a married couple, hopes get deferred and get let down and disappointed and sin happens and all things happen and hope starts to die in your heart. You stop trusting. You stop risking. You stop giving yourself away, opening your heart up. It's naivete and arrogance that causes us to think things like not us. And what I don't need to do and what we don't need to do is quit on the dream of seeing the gospel advance. No, no, Paul said it's happening. It happens. We just maybe need to like dial back the fantasy a little bit and go, hey, I guess it really will be hard. I guess it really will be a beatdown. Because otherwise, I think what can happen is we start to think, yeah, and when COVID's over, it's going to be, and when this thing, when this, you know, this report comes out, oh, then, like, like then, from then, oh, that, now, we got through that. Now it's going to be smooth sailing. No, I reckon it might just be a beatdown again at some point. Because thousands of years of church history seems like that, but just, it just keeps happening. But advancing the gospel is what we were made to do. It's why actually the name, as triumphalistic as we want to try to correct some of, it's why it resonated with us. It's why it leaps off the page because we just, man, yes, that's what we want to see happen. Wales and Ireland and Scotland and the UK, England, all, all we want to see it filled with the gospel. Yes, that's what we want. We were made for it. We had other name options, okay? <laughs> hey, why is everybody laughing? We're not doing that. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. This is the problem, all right? I've never, I'm going to say right now, you won't think it by looking at me, but this is the most alcohol people have drank before I preached, okay? So, um, Man, we had other names, but this one was the one that stuck because it just resonated with us. All right, so what do we do? Well, we reckon that it's going to be harder than we thought. That's a good start. It's not a walk in the park. It's one of them tough mutter things. That changes how you think about it, right? When you sit a couple down and say, listen, shut up. It's going to be hard. I promise. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get real, so let's talk. You get into it. We, we need that. A little sober, little, okay, all right, fair enough. So what does it mean for us? I'm just going to look at a couple of things we've seen in this passage. First is, is really, it deals with us individually. It's easy to go, let's assess the movement. Let's assess the, it, it, that, great. It's actually happening, right? What about us? Individually, let's look at us. So I, first, I think we see something here that will really help us. If it's advancing the gospel is what we're made for, but it's going to be harder than we thought, Philippians 1, let's, let's just look at a few verses here, 18 through 21. Paul says, yes, I will rejoice. It's a beatdown, but I will rejoice for what I know, that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. I know it's going to happen. It's my eager expectation. I have an expectation attached to this and, and hope that I will not at all be ashamed. It is with full courage. He's got courage, too. Look at all these words. He's, and now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body. It has this little clause, whether by life or by death. Could be that way, too. But I, I know for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What's Paul got that we could use if this is going to be harder than we think? He's in prison, but he's rejoicing. 
He knows, he expects, he hopes. He's got this courage that's welling up inside of him. What has he got? He has got gospel certainty. He is sure of this gospel. And we, if this is going to be harder than we thought it was going to be, we need to be more sure of the gospel than we thought we did, we did, we did in the beginning. This cannot be some, some little bullet point on the website. We actually have to believe it. We actually need it. Not just fingers crossed, I hope it works out. No, God has got this. God is good and God has a plan. He's, he's got, he's seen all through the letter. Verse six, I'm sure of this. He says about them, it's, 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 when you've really got gospel certainty, it's not just for you, it spills out for others. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So Paul is in prison, but he's got this, this, this gospel certainty that's just brewing, and that is sustaining, it's keeping him buoyed. Did I say that right? I'll say it differently. Buoyed. I tried. I tried. Okay, so how, how can we grow in gospel certainty? I think we see some stuff in this passage. The first thing is, Gospel certainty is something that takes time to get. This little verse in Hebrews where it says um, that Sarah conceived, and she, she gave birth, she conceived Isaac. It says, because she judged him faithful who'd made the promise. It took time to go down that road. Gospel certainty, you don't just, I wish we could say, now here's the magic prayer we're going to put on the screen. You pray it, boom, you're going to have it. Gospel certainty, it's yours. For only $9.99, right? Paul had walked a long road by the time he says this to the Philippian church. This was not Paul's first time in prison. It was not for Paul's first beatdown. He's not saying it either like someone, like we quote this Romans 8, 28, like, yeah, he's going to, it's like this naivete, never really been through suffering. He had been through a lot of suffering. You guys know that. I don't have to go into it for you. But all that suffering that he went through, it changed him, but it changed him in the right way. It didn't make him bitter. It didn't make him jaded. It didn't make him, make him cynical like it's made so many others the last little bit. It made him more and more confident that God was good and God, was a, and God had a plan. He grew in the suffering into more and more gospel certainty. Quick example, Acts 23, um, Paul is in prison. And as you know, the story, Jesus comes and he meets with Paul in the jail cell. He, he gets into his cell. And that's a whole sermon on its own right there. Um, so Paul, Jesus shows up, gets in Paul's jail cell, and, and encourages him. Paul thinks he's going to die. Jesus shows up and says, not so fast, Right? comforts him. Amazing, beautiful. Now, fast forward two to five years later, Paul reflects back on that little moment in that jail cell in, in, in 2 Timothy 4, and he says this. Let's just recount the situation. My first offense, no one came to stand by me. I was by myself. Everybody deserted me. That's, that's bad. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me, and he strengthened me. So he recounts this moment where, where Jesus showed up and stood but now that was, that was two to five years in the past. Now you fast forward and he adds something to the story that we didn't learn in Acts 23. In two to five years, Paul's realized something else about that moment. He adds this, he says, he, he strengthened me, comma, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. Now that little bit there he didn't know back in Acts 23. But two to five years later down the road, Gospel certainty had grown. Gospel certainty had grown. And Paul could look back on that really dark moment when he was all by himself. He thought he was going to die. Not even his friends would stand by him. And Jesus showed up. And Paul can say, hey, he comforted me. That's amazing. But he had a plan for this suffering too. And my friends, it takes time to get that kind of perspective. But what a beautiful dream that we would make it long enough down the road to be able to look back over our shoulder. And maybe God in his kindness will connect some dots for us too. 
seems hard right now to even think. All that we can think is Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. That's great. But maybe, in, maybe in, in some time down the road, we, like Paul, will look back at this moment and we'll go, oh, yeah. We, didn't see, we just knew he was with us. But we didn't see what he was up to. Now we can see what he was up to. It just takes time to get. You have to hang in there. Like Paul, keep, keep looking to him. Keep trusting in him. God is good. God has a plan. God is good. God has a plan. What's the opposite of that gospel certainty? Well, it would be a kind of gospel insecurity, I guess. It would be a, a kind of, of, of you know, God does, isn't good. God doesn't have a plan. Or he's, got, he's good and he has a plan for everyone else, but not for me. It's that kind of insecurity that would creep in on us. And, man, we panic. We go low. We go dark. And Paul's had a lot of moments to do that. And so let's just revisit those little verses there I read at the beginning where he said, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry. Man, that is brutal. Like, some people were, he's in jail for the gospel, and people are preaching Christ from envy. He's locked up. Boom, here's our chance. From rivalry. Paul's their competition. He goes on and he says, um, he says, they, they think to afflict me in my imprisonment. Who does that? Who preaches the gospel trying to punish a guy who's in prison? Like, what? I've been through some stuff, man, but I don't think this has happened to me yet. Like, this is crazy. And what does Paul say? Two words. What then? Hmm. So you're in prison. You don't know if you're going to die or not. And some fools are out there preaching Jesus capitalizing on your imprisonment, trying to make it worse for you, and all you got to say is, what then? I don't know, man. Where I'm from, Paul, we be getting dirty over that one, right? <laughs> I'd throw a brick at somebody, okay? What then? What then? Like, that's the best you got? You wrote two-thirds in the New Testament, and all you can say is, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that, I rejoice. Guys, you know what gospel certainty will do for me and you? It will keep us from being the worst versions of ourselves. Do you not think Paul could have taken the gloves off? He sure could have. But it was gospel certainty that kept him. Kept him. When life squeezes us, it's what's inside that comes out. I don't know about you, I haven't exactly liked all that's come out of me in the last little season. It's easy for me to tell you about other people's junk. Me. What's come out of me has not been so great. I wish I could look back and go, oh, you know what I said? What then? That's what I said. It was great. (laughs) Came up with it all by myself. Man, I have never been so tested and so tempted to lash out. You put people in their place. Or honestly, to just run for the hills. Just give up. I had a moment of um, stupidity. Is really the only thing you can call it. It was about uh, two days before Christmas, so perfect time to just start a wildfire online. And I just happened to tweet a simple lament that I thought would resonate with some other pastors. And it took off like a wildfire. I literally, I think I was actually trending on Twitter. And I got eviscerated by people who had pastor attached to their Twitter profile. 
I'm talking thousands of people. I mean, absolutely eviscerated me. I had such a giant panic attack. Like, I've never had a panic attack. I, I, couldn't, I thought I couldn't breathe. I was literally thinking, this is it. This is how it ends. I've worked for 12 and a half years, Sunday in, Sunday out, preaching, pastoring, discipling, raising leaders, all the rest. And, 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 and I, I, I'm going to lose it all because I, I just happened to get honest for five seconds on Twitter. That was it. I went so dark and so low, guys. Like, I went darker and lower than I thought I could go. And Paul says, what then? And the more secure we are and sure we are in the gospel, the more we get rescued from our shadow, the dark side of us when things get really hard. And, you know, I know it's easy to kind of think about the big moments, but, man, this is, Paul said, this is not just those big moments, like when I'm locked up in prison, you know? Sometimes, like, those moments, you have enough clarity to go, hmm, maybe I should act right in this big moment. It's not just the big moments. Verse 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And that manner of life means every day. Not just when you're in prison, every day. Your day-to-day affairs. My friends, the manner matters. Our manner of life matters, not just the mission. I mean, Rigby so wonderfully talked this morning about Peter who, in the back of his head, wanted to sit on thrones, and Jesus said, how about you just feed some sheep? That, that character stuff matters. The manner matters. I had someone tell me recently that they were initially very cautious. They're exploring partnership with Advance, and they said to me candidly they were initially very cautious because they thought we walked with a swagger. Now, whatever degree that is true or has been true, whatever degree I have played a part in that, it's not okay. Walking with a swagger is incompatible with advancing the gospel, and suffering helps beat it out of us. But it will leave us, as Riggs said this morning, walking with a limp. That's all right. Because walking with a limp works great for advancing the gospel. Walking with a swagger doesn't. I'm sure of this. He who began a good work in you, he says. It's good for us leaders to remember. We're out here taking notes for all the people back home. Man, God has got a a plan in mind for our character, not just our churches. Like that book of Jonah, God doesn't just want to reach the Ninevites. God wants to reach the depths of our hearts, the dark places inside of us. And if advance was cocky, and this whole little process makes us humble, that's a good thing. It'll be better for the gospel. It'll it'll make us better for the gospel. So it's harder than we think. We need gospel certainty. What else? Philippians 1, 3 through 5, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you and every prayer of mine for you all, which is Greek for y'all, making my prayer with joy (laughs) because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Man, it's not just Paul and Jesus against the world. We know this, right? But it's, it's good to remember this. 
if it's going to be harder than we thought it was going to be to advance the gospel, well, then we need real partnerships more than we thought to. That wasn't a nice to have either. That's a have to have. If this ain't a walk in the park, if this is the fight of your life, don't do it alone. If gospel advance is going to be harder than we think, then partnering in the gospel is going to be harder than we think. Because I don't know if you've like, gone on a walk in a park, it's different than trying to do a Tough mutter with somebody, right? Like, th- this is going to, 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 to bring out stuff in us we don't like. This is gonna be, there's going to be friction. There's going to be tough moments, right? Because it's actually hard to do this. So that's one thing to log. But, again, if advancing the gospel is harder than we're going to think, then we desperately need to do it with others. We see it everywhere. Again, it's not just some isolated Philippians 1 thing. 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13. This weird, this is one of those verses that I'm like, how is this in the Bible? I don't really, I know I, I think I get it, but I, I just struggling still. Paul says, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was open for me in the Lord. That phrase right there, that's, that's tough. There it is. A door was open for me in the Lord. My spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So, I took leave of them. Now, Paul said in Romans um, 15 that his life's ambition was to preach the gospel where it was not yet known. Here he comes. He's got a wide open door to the gospel, and he leaves because his friend's not there. That is a tough one to get your head around. And I think what we see here is that Paul didn't just need gospel mission. He needed friends. And Paul never stopped needing friends. Towards the end, you see him in 2 Timothy 4 say this. He says, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. What a poetic picture of the end of your life coming. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but all who have loved his appearing. And right here, just pause. You can almost see Paul, like um, the picture I get in my head is like, the, like, here's the finished tape, which is like death. And Paul's leaning across it and he can, like, he's peering into heaven. Like he's almost like, he's like smelling the breeze of heaven. He's there. He's like, man, this is it. This is coming. This is it. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to see Jesus. And the oddest thing comes next. The very next thing he says is to Timothy, do your best to come to me soon. Like, I'm leaning across this tape. I can feel it's going to be over. Man, Timothy, do your best to, see, to come to me soon. I think what we see here is that Paul wasn't just really excited to see Jesus. Paul wanted to see Timothy again. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. Now, we don't want to start with gospel friendships and partnerships. We start with gospel certainty, and a good reason for that is the more secure you are in the gospel, the better friend you'll be. To make sure you get that order right, the more sure we are in the gospel, the better we'll be as friends to one another. Paul didn't need his friends to be Jesus, crush the friendship, but he also didn't just need Jesus. And I know that sounds crazy, but you just see this evidence again and again. He, he prioritized this as much as he prioritized the, the gospel going forward. So how can we grow those gospel friendships in this, in this understanding of this being more difficult than we thought it was going to be? I think Paul gives us three elements. Um, first one is time. Gospel partnerships 
deepen and develop over time. You know, it just, it's, like, it's not like grilling hot dogs. It's like, it's like slow cooking something like a, we call it like a pork butt, like a, a roast. That thing takes 14, 15 hours on a smoker. It just takes time to grow relationships like this. You can stick a NASCAR sticker of some church partnership instantly. Put it around your website. Boom, there it is. But to actually get these kinds of friendships and partnerships just takes time. And we see that in this, in this he says to the, the Philippians, verse 5, he says, from the first day until now. What's he doing? He's showing the arc of this relationship, this, you know, the, the, the Philippian jailer and Lydia's conversion and all this. There's like, they've walked a road together and they've supported him. And he's encouraged them. And th- this has is, this is grown over time. They've gone through good and bad. He says, you've been partakers of me with the grace, of both, both in my imprisonment, hard time, the defense and confirmation of the gospel. That's good. We've, we've gone up, we've gone down. We've gone up, we've gone down. So we need time. But that's not enough. We need more. So, so we see something else that, that's going on in here that I think helps us cultivate those gospel partnerships and friendships. He starts off with this prayer. I thank my God always, my remembrance of you, my, my every prayer of mine for you, making my prayer with joy, prayer, prayer, prayer. Then he adds this hopeful, prayerful blessing over them. He says in verse 8, God is my witness. I mean, that is saying it. How I yearn. I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. I mean, this is epic. And it's my prayer, again, prayer, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus, Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory Praise of God. So we need time. The second thing I think we see from Paul here and elsewhere is, is a kind of prayerful hopefulness. I think we need, God, we need gospel partnerships, need prayerful hopefulness for each other. Don't just pray a little nice prayer, okay? Did that. He's praying, 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 praying. He's praying all the time. He's, he's, he's yearning for them in his prayers. He's, he's thinking about the affection of Jesus when he's praying for them. He's getting stirred up. He's, he's, he's thinking about all kinds. Of, I want to see this happen. I want to see this happen. I want you to grow in here and abound in here and be filled with that. And he is just, it's like, it's just, he's just getting worked up in this prayer for them. But let's remember where Paul's at. He's in prison. Currently, his situation's worse than theirs. And if I'd been locked up in prison, I'd have been praying some big prayers too, like, God, get me out, right? But we just don't see that. He's not sure if he's going to die or not. He's locked up in prison, and Paul is praying his biggest prayers for his friends. His biggest prayers are for his friends. One of my favorite things about an advanced conference, by the way, Blake is newer to the advanced family, and uh, he, um, he's been to a couple events but I, I love, I know what's going to, like, I, all the things are going to, like, mess with them. Like, oh, everyone, like, loved each other, and we pray together, and we worship, and we, oh, but, like, the, the way that we just sit in prayer for each other, it's just, I love that. And it's not, like, our own, like, like we don't have a brand on that. But, like, I, I love that. I love that about how we do that. Pray our biggest prayers for each other. Even when, when it feels like the walls are closing in on us, it's just, man, this is beautiful. This prayerful hopefulness. So time, hope. And prayer, what else? Um, last little thing here around gospel partnerships. He says in verse 27, I want to hear that you're striving side by side for the faith, faith of the gospel. That word striving is interesting. It means to cooperate vigorously with. So it hints back at the, the hardship aspect of this whole thing. So we need time. 
We need like a prayerful hopefulness. And I think the third thing we need is suffering. I think, I think suffering causes our gospel partnerships to grow closer in a way that nothing else would. We don't want that. It's not the ingredient we're hoping for. We'd like to cut that one out, but it just keeps popping up everywhere you look in the scriptures and over time. It's a necessary ingredient to help us. And Paul's hope for them, he said, I I hope that what I can hear, I hope I hear back that this has not made you scatter into splendid isolation, but it has caused you to, to knit together, striving side by side, cooperating vigorously with each other. Got a um, new tattoo right here on my leg, and uh, it was a year ago, but it's the newest one. So, um, so there's it's it's these two old school um, back in like the 20s or so. They had these little dolls called Cupie babies, um, like big round heads and stuff. And somewhere along the line, tattoo you know culture picked up on this, and and but it was like babies that were like boxers, and they get like all black eyes and blood and you know like scars and. Like boxing, but they're like, you know, been beat up, and that became the thing for a while. And so I had this tattoo idea, and I tried to show my wife. She's like, nah, we're not doing a, you know, baby that's a cage fighter. Like, we're not doing that, you know? But that's not what I was going for. So, like, what, but what I thought was like having those two babies kind of as, I've got two boys, we have two boys, um, Jed who just turned 10, White who just turned seven. And the thought was like, because always those, those boxers are like, they're sitting like this towards each other. I was like, let's flip it, let's put them back to back, right? And so it's like this whole thigh right here, and, and, and they're, they're standing like this with their gloves out towards the world, their backs against each other, and it just says in like letters, like, you know, um, I got your back underneath it. And my thought was like, man, I want them to see a picture, you know, when they're around, they, they know it's them, you know. One's got blonde hair, one's got brown hair, like we really, you know, we made it happen. Um, but I, I want them to see that and go, hey, that's, that's, what, that's what you're meant to do. You're not meant to fight each other, you're meant to, to have each other's back, Right? And that's what Paul says. I hope that when I, I hope when I hear how things are going over there in your you know, church in Philippi, I hope that I hear you, you, you cooperating vigorously with each other. I hope that's what I hear. You're striving together side by side. And I want that to be the word I hear across the pond when I hear from you. Hey, man, <laughs> we're striving side by side. We're striving side by side. Now, not every friendship makes it to the end, and not every partnership makes it, and that's okay, you know? I think what we should do is dig deep and want to make it to the end with each other and fight really hard to make it to the end for each other. A little phrase we've been using through the years is this, we want to grow old together, making much of the gospel. We're, all, we're getting a little older, y'all. I don't know if you know that. Andrew Haslam had... More hair on the top of his head and less on the bottom when I met him. <laughs> I had a faux hawk. I had like a little like spike thing here. Long gone. I just caved and started shaving it. Um, Owen, where you at, buddy? Gray, buddy. It's, it's there. It's crept in thick. <laughs> We're getting older, man. I mean, <laughs> sorry, dude. Somebody had to tell you, man. All right. <laughs> You ladies all look the same, all right? (laughs) Not my first rodeo. (laughs) Cianne's had like 500 kids, and she still looks like she's a teenager, so. 
So some of us are blessed. But man, we're getting older. We're getting older together. I'm thankful for that. I want to grow old with as many of y'all as I can, making much of Jesus. So last thing we need, we see it again and again here and obviously everywhere. Verse 6 and verse 13 and 18 and 20, all over this, like, he who began a good work, that's Jesus. He's going to bring it to completion. The day of Christ Jesus, my imprisonment's for Christ. Christ is proclaimed, and that just for the sake of Christ. It's just over and over. Man, to, to really keep going, we have got to keep our eyes on Jesus. I know we know that. We really have to do that. And it's easier than we think to get our eyes on someone else. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. It's harder than we thought, but Jesus is still worth it. He's still worth it. Paul sums it up so beautifully. He's in that same jail cell, and he writes a letter to another church in Colossians 3. He says this, if you have been raised with Christ, well, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God and set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And one day, we are going to cross that finish line, like Paul. Until then, we're to seek the things that are above. We're to set our minds on things that are above. We're to turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Fix our eyes on him. Running this race that's set before us, probably not the race we would have picked. We had a choice in history. We went, I'll take the 60s. I'll take the, that's where we landed. God knows what he's doing. Let's grow every day in gospel certainty. God is good. God has a plan. Let's fight for each other in gospel partnership, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus.